Hey guys, welcome to the Speak the Language podcast. Hope y'all are all having a great start to the week. Really excited about this week's episode. I'm sure most of y'all are familiar with the hunting public. They're probably one of the most exciting uh, outdoor groups, hunting media, whatever you want to call it, out there right now. So this week I'm talking to Zach about the topic of bow hunting off the ground. Uh, I started watching some of their videos earlier this year and noticed them doing a lot of this bow hunting off the ground and it was just really exciting to me just from a viewer standpoint because you don't see a lot of that so in this conversation I get up with Zach and we kind of talk about his decision of why he started doing that kind of his tactics how he goes about doing it picking out spots the learning curve of of figuring it out and trying to get to where you're um, effective at it so I, I thought it was a really fun conversation Zach is a great guy very knowledgeable in this space and I think you'll really enjoy it so sit back and enjoy the episode thank y'all yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't just my day it was the the four other guys I was doing it with too so yeah golly all right cool let's do this thing um Zach Farnball where are you at right now man I'm currently in Iowa uh my friend Ben drew a tag. So did my dad, actually. Both drew Iowa tags. So we okay. came over this way. I think we start, I think we drove over here on the 12th and started hunting on the 13th. And, man, we've been, I don't know, we've been all over the place with it. We've been close. We've been seeing bucks. We, right out of the gate, we were really close a bunch. And then things have kind of slowed down for us. But we're optimistic. We got a good plan for the morning. And Gotcha. After him. What about you? Where are you at? I'm in uh, Kansas. It's, uh, this is like if if there's a like hardcore whitetail hunters that listen to this episode, they'll probably be offended at what I'm about to say because it. I mean, it's November still, and uh, but I'm in Kansas, but I'm I'm pheasant and quail hunting. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool though. Yo, yeah, I love that stuff, man. We started doing it like uh, three years ago. Have you ever you ever met Ben Bredigan? He worked at Primos for a long time. Now he works. He's he's with On X now, but uh, Ben loves the upland stuff, and he got me into it about three years ago. So now every year we make a at least one trip just for just for the upland stuff every year, and we have a usually a good time. Yeah, that's sweet. We've been we've been hearing a lot of pheasants, and we saw some guys going in today. Yeah, um, they said they've been seeing some. There's a there's a lot in Iowa. I mean. A lot of these huh. areas we hunt just have a lot of tall grass and stuff, and you know we're hearing them on public land, so huh. opportunities there for sure. Yeah, I've always uh, back in um, back in like when was I? It was twenty twelve when I was a intern at Midwest up there in Iowa, yep. and me and Lee Johansson attempted a pheasant hunt, but we didn't have dogs or anything, <laughs> and it was like on a wing and a prayer, and we kicked up like one hen pheasant, and. <laughs> Ended up shooting a couple uh, rabbits because rabbits were in season at the same time. <laughs> and then uh, there's usually plenty of those around here. Oh, yeah. And then we were like, I can't remember why we were doing that and not hunting, but I, or deer hunting. But yeah, we tried our luck at pheasant hunting and ended up shooting rabbits. But um, what's the, here's what's the rut been like, like up there? And I, y'all been seeing a lot of stuff or like as far as like chasing and being able to call bucks in or, or what? Yeah, I mean, we were we were hunting in Ohio before this, and like there in the first week or so in November, I would say things were pretty slow. It was hot when we were where we were at in Ohio, and yeah, we were there for about. I guess we were there until 
the tenth was the last day, and we're seeing but we're seeing mature bucks cruising. Uh, I think we saw a mature buck cruising on the eighth, and then on the tenth. I'm sorry. On this, I guess on the seventh we saw a bunch of chasing of two mature bucks and a bunch of good action. Small yeah. bucks from all over the place. On the eighth we saw we actually saw a nice mature buck called hit rattled him in and I made a stupid mistake and uh, didn't have my bow right in front of me when I rattled and he came right on top like he came yeah. six yards and messed it up. It's real stupid. It but, happens, man. Then we. And on the 10th, we saw another cruising buck, and he just came down the wrong dang trail and was right behind us and got in a weird spot. And then I guess really once we came to Iowa, we got cold, and it just really got wild there for, I would say, yeah. I would say 13th through the 17th, 18th, it was really good. And it, it seemed like it tapered down today, but. We're not seeing as many deer cruising, but we're. I think the bucks are still with does a lot, you know. The big yeah, ones. yeah. That's what, like so. We were in Kansas uh, deer hunting. I was filming like Brad. Brad had a tag and Jordan had a tag, and this was last week. Yeah. And uh, like the first two or three days we were there, we were seeing a lot of bucks cruising of like every age class. You know what I mean? We were seeing big ones up and cruising. We were seeing a bunch of little ones up and young ones moving around, uh, calling a lot of deer in. And then start of day four, it like, it all shut down. Like just deer, like bucks getting with does. And then like the, you know, the telltale sign, all you went from seeing, all we were seeing was yearlings. Yeah. And we're, and that's, that's the way it was for the rest of the time we were there. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I was, yeah, I was curious as, as if y'all were seeing the same thing or not. But it sounds like y'all are having a little bit more action, which is good. Yeah, we we target this time of the year, you know, when the bucks start getting with those, at least at least what I've been doing is the last couple of years is trying to get around water. Yeah. Uh, it seems like those bucks a lot of times push does down into a place where they no other deer can really i shouldn't say no other deer can get downwind it's just not a lot of deer are getting downwind so sure, sure. theory seems to be like around a road or like we like i said we see them around the rivers a lot where they can basically push that doe right up against a, that barrier where they know not yeah. a lot of deer are getting downwind of them and then they're just kind of hanging out there and running other bucks off the scent trail and into that spot mm -hmm. but Potentially, they're safe there if no other bucks can be pestering them, you know. So that's yeah. That's, I think that's why we keep stay on them pretty well this time. Yeah. Targeting those areas makes sense. Um, well, here, watch this incredible segue I'm about to do to get to the topic that I wanted to talk to you about. Watch this. <laughs> are y'all? Are y'all at this moment? Have y'all been hunting in tree stands or y'all on the ground? 100% on the ground at this point, yeah. Yeah. So, I started, like, so I was watching, I mean, I always, you know, I've, you know how it is, especially if you're doing this, this you know, this kind of thing. It's, it's kind of hard but with hunting videos and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, I always watch y'all, but I was watching, like, I, I, start, I watched the episode of y'all's early this year, and I noticed y'all were bow hunting off the ground, and I was like, all right, that's different. I like that. And so I, I've, I've watched it more this year than uh, than I normally have. Um, 
where so where did all that come from like did it did y'all do it out of necessity or were y'all just like let's try a bow hunting off the ground how did all that get started well i guess i well what it really happened was is um when i first moved to iowa i think it was eric barber showed me a whitetail adrenaline dvd and i had heard of those guys before but i'd never really watched them sure um, and i was just like this is awesome. Like I watched, I binge watched it, you know, for hours I would sit there and watch that. And I yeah. kind of became obsessed with how fun that looked. And, you know, I always, I always liked turkey hunting a lot better because I could just move around. There was no, there was none of this tie to a setup, you know, and I felt like when I was deer hunting a lot of times this time of the year, like late November, I was getting super burnt out because and we were carrying tree stands in and we were doing hanging hunts on public land and, you know, we were just kind of wearing ourselves out in that way. And it gets mentally, at least for me, it becomes too much mentally to just continue to sit in the same spot. I start kind of going crazy and, yeah, you know, kind of a combination of the burnout and then the, um, you know, watching the whitetail adrenaline DVDs. I just started thinking to myself, like, that's something I want to do. I want to get, I want to get to a point where, you know, I'm hunting off the ground and I'm confident in it. In it and that eventually evolved into just, I want to do it, you know, kind of everywhere in the country because the main reason ultimately was like fun, right? It started yeah. out fun. I thought it was fun. It was kept me moving. I, and then I ultimately got to a point where I feel like it's more efficient and then you know at least for me I feel like I can cover ground I can get aggressive as soon as I want to like there's no waiting there's no getting out of the tree stand to be aggressive and make a move on a buck it's like as soon as I see one I can make I there's times I'll just take off running as soon as I see one you know it's like I have no ties to anything and then uh, so I think ultimately has made me um more efficient than you learn more when you're covering more ground which is definitely something you do when you're hunting off the ground you just move a lot more and yeah um and then you know the other thing was is it shot angles and then really just wanting to give other people um that felt the same as i did like getting burnt out of hunting out of a tree stand set up i just I felt there was times in my life where I was like, man, I could give up deer hunting. Like I'm so bored with this that, you know, I'm just yeah. not having that much fun. And like, if that's the case, I don't want people to stop hunting. I just want them to definitely know that there's another option. And it, it doesn't matter if you're in Iowa or if you're in, you know, New York or in Florida for that matter. Like if you want to hunt off the ground, it's possible to kill deer off the ground anywhere in the country like people have been doing it for you know quite a while they didn't have tree stands you know hundreds of years ago <laughs> yeah yeah the thing that i liked about it man or, or there's i mean there was a couple things that i picked up on it but you know kind of kind of what you were talking about about getting burnt out mm -hmm. i've i've felt some of that same way myself you know especially when we go to hunting and you know when it gets on into january and you've been hunting deer hunting out of a tree stand for essentially four months you're like golly you know it just kind of eats at you and then uh but just from honestly just from a, a viewer standpoint 
I before I I think that's probably why the shows y'all are putting out caught my attention because I was like, man, you can only watch somebody shoot a deer out of a tree so many times before it starts to seem redundant. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, and so watching like it was, I think one of the one of the ones I watched that I really liked. I'm not a hundred percent sure what sure what state y'all were in, but y'all spotted this buck off this big bluff. And then y- y'all dropped down into the bottom. I think it was you and Jake and yeah. got in the same, you know, the same little chunk of timber that he was in. You ended up shooting the deer at like 20 yards, like a real big eight point, I think. Yeah, that was this season in North Dakota. That was a, that was it. Yeah. And I knew it, it was definitely this season because I watched it like not long after it came out. But I was like, man, it, that was so entertaining to watch and so different than what most of what's out there right now. And, uh, here's like, here's my next question is, and just from watching y'all do that, it seems to me that being on the ground like that, it seems like y'all are, seems like y'all are almost picking up on things or like hunting areas that y'all are are trying things that y'all normally wouldn't do that you're Mm -hmm. learning because of hunting off the ground. Is that correct? Oh yeah. Like I I think that hunting and then going in and not feeling like you're taught you have to be tied to getting set up you can kind of go through and just speed hunt things or speed scout them um just covering a lot more ground and ultimately like let's put it let's say let's say this like let's say you're a guy and you know you're going on an out-of-state hunting trip and there might be have a week off or, or a week or nine days or something i would say as most guys you know typical Mm-hmm. you know if you're going in and you're feeling tied to setting up you're, you're kind of going in you're maybe scouting two or three spots but then you start setting up and your sample size of like what the best sign is on the piece of property that you're hunting or multiple pieces of property potentially is, is only as big as what you're seeing when you're going in and setting up or, or it's, it's fairly limited because you go in you set up and you're only seeing so much ground when you're hunting off off the ground and you're just going through and you're covering you're covering a lot more acreage you're you're getting a better idea of what the most sign in an area looks like so i'm always trying to say okay i want to hunt where there's the highest deer density on a piece of property you know those are the target areas that i want to start hunting but to find that it's not always as easy as just looking at a map. I mean, there's so many variables that come into play. Like, you know, sometimes, sometimes crop rotation makes a difference. Sometimes hunting pressure, sometimes it's acorns, sometimes it's water levels. You know, there's so many variations that change your deer may be, but the more ground you cover, it feels like the, the better chance you have of finding the highest density of deer. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, how big of a, like how big of a learning curve was it for you when you started like all right I'm gonna try this I'm gonna start hunting off the ground like how how long did it take for you like all right I feel like I'm kind of getting a grasp on this. Um, I would say I would say in the season of twenty, I did it a little bit for the first time in 2016, and the the heart. Well, let me just start by saying the hardest part is the draw right like mm-hmm. kind of always is i think even if you're in a tree stand it's it, that's the time you get busted right it's like if you, it's so hard it's so hard to draw on deer period especially <laughs> if you, 
kind of keyed up or they're they're on calm nights or more whatever calm conditions you're just like always always really have to be focused on drawing so the hardest part is being on the ground is the draw i think i think the biggest thing is just learning from some failure but then also just i was talking so i'm hunting with my friend ben and i was just i went on a ramble the other day about how important this is to me but getting into a setup or a position like let's say let's say we've been kind of working down an edge and we're scouting along and all of a sudden we hit a big scrape and we're like okay it seems like the deer are working this transition of like the the swampy habitat and meeting up with the hardwoods and they're working this transition we're going to set up here and we kind of get into an area that we feel comfortable setting up in for the time you know for, for the time being and as soon as I get into a position, I just start drawing my bow and like yeah. looking at what could go wrong. And, and it's the same thing you kind of do in a new tree stand setup or, or every time you get into a tree, you know, you draw, you make sure your limbs aren't going to hit anything. But the hardest part about being on the ground is there's a lot more things than that are in front of you than what is in front of you when you're in a tree stand. So, you know, I think, I think having deer come in, practice drawing on them, practice drawing on nothing and just making sure, understanding like how my, my, you know, body is going to be affected by surrounding vegetation or whatever that I'm maybe using as cover. And like, you know, the, the, I'd say that's the biggest learning curve. And then there's so many fine details, man. The funnest part is it's like, it's, it feels to me like I'm not even close to, to, being uh, like having mastered it let's put it that way yeah yeah well like like kind of like you said you know i mean obviously you've been deer hunting you know for a, a long time but this whole it, it adds a whole new layer that you did like a whole a newness to it that you didn't know you could do you know you're getting burnt out on tree stand hunting but start doing the ground thing you're like well this is different you know right, right. and like one day you know we were, we were laughing last year i was hunting with my friend grant and we were laughing about how how funny it is and it's kind of hard to explain because one minute you may be sitting there eating a granola bar and laid back in the sun and you're kind of glassing and you're you're just you know playing it pretty loose out there keeping it keeping it cool you're just hanging out and the next thing you know you're you're sprinting across the opening and trying to get to you know you're cutting cutting a bunch of distance between one and the next minute then you're crawling and you're trying to be super quiet and the next minute you know you're you're like slow creeping and hunched over at the back you know it's it's like so many different positions so many different speeds <laughs> going out there yeah what really yeah. was the one the, the funniest one to us was one day one day we had we had a we had spotted a buck so we were sitting up on a like high point glassing spotted one paddled like 150 yards jumped in the canoe paddled down the river like 150 yards picked up the canoe ran with the canoe for like 100 yards <laughs> got it to like the slough that we needed to cross paddled across that slough and then we're like crawling you know t- 10 minutes later we are crawling towards this buck that we knew was bedded with the doe and it's like all that happened in a matter of like six minutes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. There's so many different things you can be doing out there. It makes it entertaining, I guess. Yeah. Well, kind of like you said, I, like 
I'm pretty sure every whitetail hunter knows that feeling. You know, if you're sitting in a tree stand and you you watch, so say you know you're y'all are glassing looking for bucks. Say you're in a tree stand, you're glassing, you see a buck couple hundred yards off bed down with the doe most of the time you just sit there in that tree stand and feel helpless you're like well hope he comes this way you know i mean you know i mean you may try to call him in or anything but that's the, that's the thing i guess that makes it exciting not just on your end but watching it you know y'all are watching a buck and you're like all right let's make a move you know <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's like a whole different thing you know something that you don't that's not something that's commonly applied to deer hunting you know you know what i'm saying and then think that's why it makes it so appealing yeah and i think I think the thing that's, um, I don't know, I, fi- I find it so effective and I, I really hope to show people through these videos, like I've, I've read comments on our videos before that are like, oh, the, you guys started hunting off the ground and now you don't care about, you don't care about like sign or like setting up and you don't care about, you're just trying to do it for the show and make the show cooler. And, and it's not about that. It's, it's. Well, I do think it does make it cool and entertaining. I, to me, I honestly think it's effect effective, and I also want to show people that if they feel helpless, like you said, yeah, just go make something happen. It, it can be done, you know. Like by all means, if you see action and you want to be in the game and you feel like you're out of it, just go, just go get in the game. Like deer, yeah. you know, deer. I feel like we've built them up so much to the point of like they're these almost like for these soup they have these superpowers you know <laughs> yeah like they're yeah. unkillable mature buck you know what he's he's just he's just an animal in the woods that like i mean yeah he's got a lot of experience but but so do you you know you understand the woods and if you if you go out and you continue to learn about you know what spooks deer and what doesn't what you can get away with and what you can't you know that's that's the other part of the learning curve is like if you're there's just times where it's like, okay, I'm going too fast. I'm going to spook the deer if I'm moving this fast. But maybe if you got wind, you know, you can go a little bit faster. But like really yeah. learn, getting the experience to, to know what you can get away with, what you can't. Um, you know, they're, they're, they get pretty, the deer get pretty comfortable and then they get pretty careless. And if you're, if you're, you know, if you know where they're at and you know how to sneak in on them, like, you can really put the odds in your favor by being on the ground and being super aggressive like that. Yeah. Well, another thing is like, I feel with tree stands, especially if you're hunting an area public or private, if it's an area that you've hunted a lot, it's is super easy to get complacent. Oh. You know, you'll be like, well, we've had a stand here before and a stand here before and a stand here before and it's worked. So that's where the stands go and that's it. And you don't ever try anything else, you know, and you just, you just kind of sit right there. Whereas do it like that. I mean, it's, it could be something new every day that you're up against. For sure. Yeah, for sure. You're like, I mean, it's so funny that I, I don't know that I do have done the same thing twice, like exactly the same thing twice in a couple of years or several years now, because it's like, there's no, there's no, I'm not saying I won't be in the same area. But it's like never the exact same spot. And it's so e- easy to change. It's not, it's not like, um, so like, for example, even if I was going in and hanging and hunting in an area, so I was putting my tree stand up every morning, taking it down at night and then putting it back up and saying, you know, putting it back up the next day. 
even on those days, like there's times where you go in and you put all that effort into carrying your tree stand in there and you get in the dark and you find a tree that works and you see some deer. Well, then you're like, yeah, I think I probably will just go back to that same tree because I know it worked. Yeah. Where, where if you saw movement out at like some movement out at 60 yards, where you're like, man, I could get a little closer, but I don't know that there's a good tree there. It's like, honestly, man, on the ground, a lot of times it's just, you just move right over there and you make it work. And, and the other thing is too, that's a, a complete like myth is, I don't, I, to be honest, dude, I think that deer see in tree stands a heck of a lot more than they ever see you on the ground. Interesting. The, the difference, the difference with the ground, the only downside to being on the ground is like <clears throat> where deer will come to the base of a tree and potentially walk past you. When they get inside of like three yards, they are probably going to see you. But that's so close to me so much in times even where there, there's enough cover there. How well, can you hear me? Yeah, I, I got you now. It cut out for a second. Yeah, I said I saw it popped up. Said it was on connection unstable. Better now. Yeah. No. Yeah. You dropped out for a few seconds. I didn't know what happened. It says I, I can hear you clear as day now. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't really. And sorry about that. Oh. Okay. I mean, I'm running up off a hotspot on my phone because. <laughs> yeah. Not either. So no problem. I heard that. I heard that. Yeah, no, man. Um, on another note, like I, I always try, I, I typically try to keep it positive on this podcast, but like, um, I don't know what it is. Like, and I will say, like, most people, most people, when you go check YouTube comments, like, I look at the YouTube comments on sometimes on videos on the Primo's YouTube mm-hmm. channel. And most of them are good, but you'll have like like what you're talking about, like where the guy was like, "Oh, you are just doing that for the show and this and that and the <laughs> other." Like, like I, take, I don't. Obviously, I don't know who those people are, but that's it's not like that. That's just I don't know. That one's worth being ignored. <laughs> Dude, I mean, we, ben, ben and I were just talking about that this morning. It was just like, I mean, it really, it really is unfortunate that people like just to jump on and say something negative to somebody else on that like you don't even know it just it's just so it's actually funny when you think about it it's just like man it's crazy that somebody would even do that like yeah uh, sometimes well like sometimes they'll do it and it's funny like sometimes they'll be like kind of like just kind of like jokingly doing it and that i'm fine with but there's been guys like straight up get mad at us oh, yeah. stuff, and I, I know y'all have the same thing. You're like, man, just chill out a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's I think I, yeah, I always I always laugh too. Like on negative comments, I think like honestly, I think if you get had the chance to talk to us in real life, you'd probably I'm pretty much certain we'd get along if we both like hunting. I'm sure we could find something to talk about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I um. I like last year I did a uh, podcast. It was last spring. I did a podcast with a guy named Mike Chamberlain. He's a uh, wild turkey biologist. And I was talking about like, um, I was talking about, he was talking about how there could potentially be a risk of like over harvest because there's so many people being able to hunt this year because of the Corona, you know, and he's, 
uh, Chamberlain is brilliant, you know, and he has like all this research to back it up. And, you know, I was like, this is a really, I thought it was a really interesting episode. So I put it out there and some dude I'm talking got livid at me. Really? You know? Oh yeah. Oh, cause he, cause he was like, man, I, you know, not everyone gets to Turkey hunt all the time and how dare you accuse me of being unethical you know i'm like whoa dude chill out i'm just (laughs) (laughs) he got i mean got mad i was like man calm down (laughs) it's funny but like most of the time like most people that watch the hunt in public most people that watch primos are just regular hunters like you and i are and they're fine folk and they usually say nice things it's the it's the (laughs) the man uh the smaller number that says the negative stuff usually yeah uh, i guess i guess here's my take on it it's like it's like you don't well i mean if you don't have anything nice to say probably just don't say anything and probably just don't watch the video if you don't like it <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a simple solution. yeah like the guy that commented that about y'all hunting off the ground but like you, what you, no one's making you watch the youtube video you had to click on it you know you know what I mean? That's the way I feel. Yeah, I, you know, people are funny. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, like how uh, how long do y'all have, or how much longer are you gonna be in Iowa? Where you, where are you going after that? Well, I mean, we have. I think we have until we decide to pull the plug here. We just shoot one, which I think Ryan will get one. Um, like I said, just got. Got confidence and got kind of renewed confidence today. We just talked to a buddy that was hunting the same area, and he's he saw some bucks. So, and we we actually realized that Jake had put a trail camera on the spot that we've been hunting, and we just decided to pull that and look at it. And there's a bunch of good bucks on there, so we feel good. But um, okay. we'll probably be here around till you know we decide to do some Thanksgiving stuff. I guess or, I don't know. I'll probably take a little break around Thanksgiving, and then. I think I'm gonna meet up with uh Jake and our plan is to do some Minnesota muzzleloader hunting. So Okay, cool. Be pretty fun and different, just something different. I mean we've we've been doing um Iowa gun and then we did Nebraska muzzleloader last year, but doing some trying to do some little bit of Northwood stuff to mix it up a little bit and try try to get out of our comfort zone a little bit, I guess. Yeah, just keep it interesting. I like yeah. that. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some. I'm sure there's going to be some pretty hard learning curves in new country like that because it's what we're trying to. At least what we're starting to try is a little bit of that northern stuff. My brother lives up in the very far reach, northern reaches of uh, Minnesota, like up in Ely, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. And he's got some places there south of there that he's recommended to. So I don't know. We'll probably, I bounce around. There's just endless public in Minnesota, so we'll yeah. probably around until we start to figure something out, and I'm sure I'm sure we'll learn something. Yeah, well, I'm sure either one. I'm sure it'll be entertaining to watch, no matter what y'all get into. It usually is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure there'll be some jokes had out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, well, look, Zach, I won't I won't hold you any longer. I know you've probably been out all day and you're tired and. So, uh, but man, look, I really appreciate the conversation. Um, y'all are, and seriously, I'm not just blowing smoke because y'all are on the podcast. Y'all are, y'all are doing some great stuff. Y'all are super entertaining to watch. And y'all, 
again with like this hunting off the ground thing with you know whether it's just for the show like that guy said or not that's it's it's <laughs> it's really fun to watch y'all y'all are doing an incredible job well well thanks man i appreciate it we're we're having fun and that's that's the most important thing and yeah i having fun and learning yeah yeah right on it um real quick before we hop off here tell me uh just say i'm sure most people that are listening to this podcast probably know plenty well who the hunting public is but just in case they don't just put it out there where where they can find y'all stuff yeah just uh youtube's our biggest one the hunting public uh we're also on instagram uh we're also on amazon oh instagram facebook i think ted runs a twitter somewhere in there tiktok <laughs> pretty much everywhere but then we also have a podcast too that that i do uh, which is on all your major podcast platforms I have, I have, we have one on ours with Lake and I had a conversation this past spring. So, oh, yeah, sure did. But, uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much just search the hunting public and should probably be able to find it all. We got a website too, you know, it's all out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all, it's all, it's all out there. It's all within reach. So, um, yeah, man. Well, look, uh, good luck to y'all for the rest of the time you're in Iowa. And, uh, I'm sure we'll stay in touch somehow or another but man thank you again for the conversation and taking time out of your day for sure thanks for having me on and good luck to you as well man all right man we'll see you see you